Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another word-filled message by David Entry. Preaching is the means by which God manifests his word and nourishes our spirits. May the life of God enter into you and you as you listen to this message. Be blessed. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 14. We are reading 14 to 17. But when I get to verse 16, we all read verse 16 and verse 17 together. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Let's all read from 16 to 17. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly finished unto all good works. Amen. All scripture. All scripture. Um, Jesus said something very significant in John chapter 10, 35 says that the scripture or the scriptures cannot be broken. The scriptures cannot be broken. The scriptures cannot be broken. When we talk about the scriptures, we are talking about from Genesis through to Revelation. That is what we mean by the scriptures. If you are a Christian, what makes you a Christian is your faith, the the Christ the Bible talks about. So your faith in Christ found in the Bible, the, the Bible Christ, faith in the Bible Christ is what makes you a Christian. So, and you grow in your Christian work based on the knowledge of this Bible Christ, knowing him more. The only way you can know Christ is through the Bible. Not what someone tells you. What someone tells you must just validate or must just go to agree with what the Bible is saying. It's it's like um, supplement. But the main thing is the Bible, which is the word of God. Now, the scripture, when we speak about scriptures or scripture, we mean the Bible. Anytime you hear the word scripture or scriptures, it is referring to the Bible. It's the same thing, the scriptures, the Bible, which is the same as the word of God. Okay, so the Bible is the word of God. Let's all say that together. Let's say it again. That question my daughter asked me a few weeks ago about is everything in the Bible from God? And I said to her, yes. He said, but 
not everything in the Bible was spoken by God. Satan even spoke. Other people spoke. So how about that? Now, my response to that is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by God. Not some scripture. Not aspects of the, what we mean by the scripture, the Bible. Not aspects of the Bible. We mean every aspect of the Bible. Once it's written in the Bible, it was given by God. How did God give it? He breathed out of himself. So, in fact, the NIV says, given by the inspiration of God. Okay, or oh, God breathed. Okay, and I say God breathed. Is the King James that said Oscar is given by the inspiration? Yeah, King James said the inspiration. Actually, uh, scholars believe that the word inspiration should rather sound expiration because inspiration is by God. God breathed out. How did we get the? How did we get the Bible? Every page, God. I don't know how many of you have been to a printing press. It goes like that, and I come. Every page, God. God breathed every page. And when we talk about every page, it includes every word. Even the words that Satan spoke. No, what do you mean? Did, did God speak through Satan? Uh-huh, I got you. That's where we are going now. Every, okay. Anything recorded in the scripture is the word of God. And what did the word of God, in fact, Bible says that, uh, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Without the word, you are not going to be built up. That's why it, you have to saturate your environment as a believer who intends to grow. You have to saturate your environment with intake of the word of God. The word of, the, the word of God being read, being preached. There's something about the word being preached. In Acts chapter 2, when the church was born, when society began, became aware of the church, how did they become aware of the church? They heard them speaking in tongues. There was no, the Bible said, and this was noised abroad. Okay, in Acts chapter 2, verse 6, uh, it was noised abroad. When the Holy Ghost comes in, it gets noised abroad. It was noised abroad, and people heard it. And people were wondering, what is going on in there? So, and they came close, they could hear them speak in their own languages and all that. And they said, these people are mad, so are drunk. And Peter said, they are not drunk as you suppose, verse 14. And then he, he continues to tell them about how it's early in the morning, verse 15. You can't talk about people getting drunk in our community. And then in verse 16, he said, actually, you think this is an expression of drunkenness. It's an expression of the Holy Spirit. So there's a correlation when the, in the manifestations of the workings of the Holy Spirit amongst us that can miss, be miss that look like people who have had a lot of drinking. So uh, it says that they interpreted that this is that he was talking to a Jewish community. They understood the Old Testament, the scripture. So it, it, the first preaching, he said, okay, let's open our Bible to Joel chapter 2, verse 28 to 32. And after I finished reading it, he says that Jesus Christ of Nazareth, a man attested after telling whom was crucified by the predetermined counsel and the foreknowledge of God, we took by lawless hands and killed 
verse 24, but God raised from the dead. And then he said, but because reasonably speaking, rationally speaking, it was not possible. So that was reasoning. That how, can, how can death or the grave hold a man like Jesus? It's, it's just like, no, let's think, let's think scientifically. It's not possible that grave should hold him. Then he quoted Psalm 16. And after quoting Psalm 16, he ran, he gave a commentary and then went and quoted Psalm 134 and then came back to Psalm 16 and then, and then went to Psalm 110 verse 1. Five scriptures. He was just quoting and quoting. Why? Because preaching is valid. In, sorry, invalid. Of preaching is not valid when a scripture has not been made reference to. So the first preaching of the church, five quotations from different places. He quoted from Psalm 16. Then backed it up with Psalm 134 and then he went to Psalm 16 again and then came back to uh, sorry quoted from Joel then back to Psalm 16 for Psalm 134 Psalm 16 Psalm 110 verse 1 the Lord said to my Lord sit at my right hand until I make your enemies out oh, come I feel like preaching now so right preaching is preaching that makes reference to the Bible. Why? Because the Bible is the word of God. And the Bible is the only thing that builds any Christian. The Bible is the only thing that can build you. Preaching doesn't build you. The preaching based on the word of God is the word of God that builds us. Now watch this. The Bible says all scripture is given by the breath of God, by the inspiration of god or expiration of god okay and i think he uses uh, uh i keep saying it and permit me if you encourage you you if you are, if you get tired of hearing this uh, you, you will hear it more please so, paragrapha theonopsis paragrapha you know when we talk about um graph okay paragrapha graphe is how to do with writing writing that's why i have paragraph uh, you have to move the graphs around. paragrapha theonopsis theo is god and noops noops is the um, pneuma spirit breath right so all of para is all of scripture all of scripture was breathed out by god now that's serious that means if you reject scripture you have rejected god if you close the scriptures, you have closed God. You have muted God. You know when you're, you're on the phone with someone, and you, you can mute it. Yeah. If you close the Bible, you have mute, put God on mute. You have muted. You know, remote controls usually have mute. Mute faction, mute button. You press the mute. It is, it is very bad to go to church and the pastor has put God on mute. It's, it's his church. And then we come in and mute him. Because some of the things he has got to say is not socially nice. So, the Bible is the word of God. Now, this is how Jesus puts it in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. You should know that scripture already. Where is the Bible coming from? The mouth of God. The word of God comes from his mouth. God has spoken. He says that, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from where? The mouth. So, the, the scripture actually comes from the mouth. of. It's like God is speaking. That's why if you reject the scripture, you have actually rejected God. If you put, some people say, oh, no, let's put Bible aside. It's another way of saying, let's put God aside. It's just another way of saying, move God out of this. So, all scripture is given by the breath of God. Now, let's get a little bit, tech. when we talk about the inspiration of scripture, we have, for the purposes of, and there are different levels, different types, 
But I'll just talk about two inspirations. We have the verbal inspiration of scripture. Before I go there, I just want you to understand that scripture was not dictated by God. Unlike other books of some religion, scripture was not dictated by God. So then you say, God dictated the scriptures. And some people were just busy. Okay, tell me, and then I'll write it. Tell me. No, that is not how scripture was given. Like when you go, you know, sometimes you want to write a letter. In the olden days, there are people are mentioning the other time, amenuensis. And amenuensis is someone you go, you say, I want to write this, I want to write this. That's what I want to say in the writing. And then they put it together, they write it together, put it in a better way for you. And then if you say, okay, yeah, that's how I write. You dictate to them and they write it in a better way. That's an amenuensis. God didn't use that. So that the, the writers, authors of scripture um, were receiving dictation. And as they were hearing, they were writing it. As they were hearing, with them. In, the, in theological terms, it's, it's called mechanical dictation. It's like mechan- you hear it and write it. Right? Mechanic- the Bible was not given by mechanical dis- dictation. Many of them, there are only quite a few. Watch, this is very interesting. There are a few of the authors. Okay, before I even talk about authorship. Before I go about that, let me mention authorship. There are, because all scripture is given by who? God. By the inspiration of God. Okay. All, now, that inspiration, it, it can give you a problem because you think someone was inspired by God and they wrote it. No, it says that that's why that God breathed, practically breathed it out. So everything you see in the pages of scripture was breathed out by God. But is it not human beings who wrote it? How did they write it? Was it dictated to them? No, not mechanical dictation. So God, God who is the real author of God, of the scripture? God. God is the author of scripture because all scripture was given by the inspiration of God. So all scripture, not, not part of it, all of it came from God. Does that make sense? So God is the primary, there are two authors of every book in the Bible. Two authors. One, we have the primary author and the secondary author. The primary author is the source, that is the Holy Spirit. He was the one who superintended the writing of scripture. And then the secondary authors were the human authors who wrote it down. Does that make sense? So a human author, like some of you are taking notes. You are writing, you are, you are a human author. But for instance, if I say God is good and you write it down, you wrote it, but it didn't come from you. You are secondary. You wrote verbatim what I said. You wrote it. And when somebody sees it, say, oh, this is what um, Tommy has written. This is what Dinah has written. But really, it didn't come from Dinah. Dinah wrote it, but that statement is from David. So Dana then becomes a secondary author. The primary author is God. So we, we have to understand that God is the sole author, the primary author of scripture. All of scripture. Not part of scripture. And now having understood that, how did he give us the scripture? And Bible says it very clearly, it was given by the inspiration. Now, this is very important to understand. And we have the verbal inspiration and plenary inspiration. When we talk about verbal inspiration, it's very important. Verbal inspiration means every word in the Bible was inspired. 
That's the word, the, the words itself. And when we talk about plenary, plenary inspiration, plenary means that um, general. Okay, so general. We, let's say we are having um, a general gathering. Okay, so when we talk about plenary inspiration, we are talking about where it is it's a, everything about it everything the general what that means the miracles that were recorded the parables that were recorded the stories that were told the stories like genesis chapter one the creation story the walls of jericho story the, uh, the whale swallowing jonah daniel and the lions then all oh, these are all the stories so somebody will say okay let's focus on the bigger picture the stories and let's leave the details of the word the way the words were framed. no the wedding the wedding where john 1 1 in the beginning the in in is so interesting that even the uh, the eye if you are writing a small eye and your eye the dot on the eye god to pretend it is from god the eye the little dot so jesus said that not a jot or a tittle will, will pass from the a, a, a jot is like a apostrophe you know when you're arriving writing uh, um, um michael's book the that small apostles that that jot it says so matthew chapter 5 verse 18 as surely i say unto you till heaven and earth pass away one jot or one tittle will not pass by any means uh, will not by uh, will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled so a jot is like apostrophe and a tittle is what differentiates something like what differentiates a lowercase l from a lowercase t that small one he said even that even that will not pass that's that's jesus's comment on the scripture so the scripture we has the inspiration is verbal inspiration let's all say verbal inspiration say it again please now but what is very interesting is god didn't use mechanical dictation so then there are only a few one or two a few of the authors who you every now and then hear them say, that says the Lord, the Lord said. There are not too many, even though the Bible the Bible says, this is what God said, this is what God said. There are not too many, there are quite a few of them, but as compared to the entirety of scripture, much of it is someone is just writing. For instance, David's prayer, Psalm 51, uh, have mercy on me, only you have I. He, didn't, he never said God said, he should write it. That is why what is interesting is Peter or Paul, let me even use Paul. When you look at Paul, his personality comes through his writing. So when you look at the writings of Paul, you can tell that Paul's personality comes through the writing. His education, his mannerism, his exposure, what he, what he knows, his background, it comes through the writing. Whilst when you look at what Mark wrote, it comes through, when you look at Luke, Luke is a medical doctor. So he's giving to details. He gives attention to details and it comes through his education, his training, his personality, his, 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 his uh, unique his, his, but manner, manners of expression, style of writing, the unique temperaments and the unique personalities, genre of literature, histo historical information they have, all those things. And the eyewitness observation, sometimes they, are they were there. He, he saw something in a way and that's what he's writing. So you could see that the personalities of the authors were not undermined. They, some of them were just writing what they would write. But watch, this is very important. 
There, oh, oh, this is a key thing you never should forget. The authors of scripture, the inspiration is not the authors of scripture. They were not inspired. So we are not saying that the authors were inspired to write. No, it's the writing that was inspired. So what they were writing, well, but according to 1 Peter chapter um, 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, it talks about how holy men of God, knowing first that no prophecies of any, the, the next verse, verse 21, for prophecies never came by the will of man. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. They were they were moved. There was a movement, movement on them. But they rec- when they, as soon as they started writing, if it's going to be scripture, once they started writing, God began to inspire the, the, the graphing, the graphing, the inscription. It, the, it's a, so there are times Paul is writing, I, feel, I want to tell these people to stop doing this. Or I'm writing, I'm telling a story. He just gets up, that's the move by the Holy Spirit. They don't know. It's the Holy Spirit that's moving, start writing something. So, but when they start writing, that, that's why every word is, is the, the, the theological word is superintended. The Holy Spirit oversees what is there. It is the writing that is inspired. That, that, does that make sense? The writing of the scripture. So as they were writing, so you might think it's an ordinary man who wrote. This somebody who just wrote. Yeah, it's somebody who wrote. But God oversaw. God is the one who inspired the, the very text, the very terms, the very illustrations they were using in their writing. As they were writing, God was inspiring their writing. Because the writing of the text was the word of God from his mouth. It's very interesting. So we have the, uh, the verbal inspiration where... It's not just an idea. It's not just a general thought or a concept. But every single word has been birthed out and recorded by human authors. It was birthed out from God and recorded by human authors. Every single word of the Bible. That's why when it comes to Bible studies, we can take one word. For instance, man shall not live by bread alone. And we can just take the live and begin to break the live. Just that word. We can break the leaf down for two weeks' message. Yes, that leaf. That is why you don't say, I've read John chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. In the beginning was the word, verse 1 to 5. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning of God, and all things were made by him, and not the, without him was nothing made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and darkness, after you read it, you say, I've read that before, so that's it. No. When you go back to it, because it's the breath of God, it's always current, it's always timeless, and it's always fresh. That is why you don't have to say, I've read a scripture before. We will keep reading it and reading it and reading it and reading it. How many have read the scripture before? And the next time you read it, when you have done the prayer for you, realize you see things that, how come I didn't see that one? And you go back again another time, you read it, you say, oh man, it comes fresh. It's so fresh because it's the bread from above. So, the every word, and then when we talk about plenary, P-L-E-N-A-R-Y, plenary inspiration, we are talking about the whole of it. So all the you are talking about the all the 
stories, all the epistles, every miracle, every extraordinary event, parables, proverbs, all the narratives, the allegories were all superintendent. God gave. So then, the, as they were writing a whole story, why didn't, okay, that's a good one. But, um, so, when Daniel was put in the lion's den, and he came out. Why didn't the Bible go further to tell us who was the next person who was after those people were eating? Why? No, see, they left some things out because God didn't need it. Where, where did Cain find his wife? God didn't need that. That's, that. That will not contribute to your salvation. One, and that doesn't contribute to your knowledge of God. I'm about to say something very important. Anything you need if it's in, not in the scriptures, if it's not in the scriptures, you don't need it for your spiritual growth. Anything, if it's not in scriptures, you don't need it for your spiritual growth. You don't need it for your spiritual development. You don't need it. Charles Spurgeon, I think it's Charles Spurgeon who said, um, you can visit other books. You can visit other books, but make sure you live in the Bible. Live in the Bible, but you can visit other books. Don't make other books the main thing. Every other book, cannot be. It doesn't matter who wrote it. It doesn't matter commentary and all that. It doesn't matter who wrote it. All those things can be visited and supplementary. But live in the Bible. If all scripture is given by God, then number one, we are supposed to get into the scripture. Because if you don't get in the, in, into the scripture, you have abandoned God. You see how many people claim to be practicing Christianity, but they have actually abandoned God. A, a Christianity without God, a church without the Holy Spirit, a preaching without the Bible, that's the, risk, that's the risk our generation faces. So, we have to get into the Bible. Get into the Word of God. That's the only way you can know God. Get into the Word of God. The preaching is not enough. It's a very necessary part, but it's not enough. Your personal reading and personal studies. Your personal... You don't read the Bible because you want to be a pastor. Well, let me put it this way. Some people say, oh, I'm not a church leader, so, so church leaders there. No, 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 no. It's just so basically Christian. That if you're a Christian, you have to have a relationship, a living relationship with the Bible. You live there. The Bible should be so much part of your life that... When you begin to talk, it begins to show. It flows. Bible analogies, Bible terminologies, Bible ideologies, Bible imagery, your illustrations. When you are talking, general talking at work or school, you are talking with people. Before you, they could, someone stands aside and says, no, this, this guy is okay. I'm sure you are very familiar with the Bible because it's not that you are quoting. But... The Bible lives so much in you. You live so much in the Bible that when you begin to talk, it just is coming. When they catch you, your blood, your, your blood flows biblical. You are stuffed. In, in fact, Colossians chapter 3, 16 said, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So the word must dwell in us as a believer. You must live in the word. Where do you live? I live in, I live in the word. Where do you live? I live Where do you live? I live Make it your aim to live in the word of God so that the word of God can live in you. 
Now, if we say the Bible is inspired, two implications. It implies two things. The implication of saying the Bible is inspired. When we say the Bible is inspired. Thus, the implication is that number one, it means that the, the okay, is God, is God pure? Is, is God perfect? Is God all-knowing? Uh, does God make mistakes? So that's the implication. If we say the Bible is from God, given from God, that means it is pure. It doesn't have mistakes. It doesn't have errors. It is inerrant. So when we say the, the uh, scripture is inspired, we are implying scripture is inerrant. We are talking about the inerrancy of scripture. Everything scripture says, that is it. If the Bible says that he went, please don't change it. The scripture is inerrant. It's as if, so can you see how people call themselves authorities of churches and yet they don't even know the scripture? Jesus said, you err. Because you don't know Matthew 22, 29. Because you know not the power of God. Not the, the word. Uh, no, because you don't know the scriptures. Not knowing the scriptures. Nor the power of God. It just puts you into a lifestyle of error. error. You'll be making a lot of mistakes. Which will sound right in your eyes. Because the Bible talks about Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12. How there is a way that seems right to man. As long as you remain a human being. And the older I'm growing and the more I'm pastoring people, I'm, I'm seeing it speak louder and louder. People, people regret, you know. People do things in the integrity of their hearts with perfect approach. This is, I think this is the right thing to do. This is the right. There are a lot of people who do things believing this is the right thing to do. But sometimes... What the most worrying thing is when you are damaging destiny, thinking it's the right thing to do, only to realize later there's a point of no, it's gone too much, it's too, it's too late. I pray God help me not do things that later it's too late. It's too late. That's why we all must let the word of God dwell in us richly and yield to the Holy Spirit. The only way you can be guided properly through scripture is through the Holy Spirit. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. It says that for the word of God, the scripture is the word, it's not the words of God, please. It's the word of God. You won't find the words of God. It's the word of God. The word of God is living. When you say something is living, it's not static. It, it, it works. It can talk to you personally. It can hold your hand and move you away from something. It can move your legs. It, just, it, just, it can hold you. It can, it can block you. It can hug you. It can, yeah. The word of God is living. And not just that it's living, but it's sharper than surgical knife. Cut some things off your life. And John 15, 2 said, pruning hook or pruning fork. It's meant to chop off some parts of the branches that are not bearing fruits. That's what the word of God chops things out. When they heard the preaching in Acts chapter 2, they were cut to the heart. There's something about the word of God. It comes after us. It comes after us. To, not to punish us, but to polish us. The word of God comes after us. To form us. To build us. 
that's, that's the, he said, the word of God which is able to build you up. It's the word of God. The, if the devil wants to block your destiny, or trap your destiny, or destroy your destiny, number, number one aim is to move you away from the word of God. If it means giving you money, extra money, to distract you from the word, he will do it. Because your security in life is not your finances. Your security in life is not your friends. Your security in life is the living word of God that is active in your life. It gives bone. It, it gives strength to your entire existence. All of us need the word of God. We need the word of God. Intake of the word of God on a personal level. Every day. Every time. The word of God must keep coming in and coming in. When you are about to act, let the word of God go ahead of you. In Romans chapter 7 verse 7. It talks about how the law of God, the law, it says that, what shall we say? No, Romans 7 says, what shall we say? I would not have known sin except through the law. The law helped me to be able to guide that. Don't go this way. The word, it guides you. So it says all scripture is God breath and it's, it's profit, profitable. So when it says profitable, it's beneficial. It yields certain fruits. It's, it's useful. It, it yields some fruits in your life. That's why I believe the word, the preaching that changes life is the preaching that is based on the word of God. Forget about oh, oh, a prophet said, a prophet said. You don't need that. You don't need that. Get into the word, number one, and number two, let the word get into you. Let the word get. So stay in the word. Let the, your address be the word. And let, let the word find an address in you. Let the word of God dwell in you. Keep feeding on it. Keep feeding on it. Keep feeding. So he says, it is profitable. Say the word is profitable. The word is profitable. Say the word of God is profitable. The word of God is profitable. Amplify. Let's see how the Amplify puts it. All scripture is God breathed, given by divine inspiration, and is profitable. So it doesn't use any other word. Profitable for instruction. Okay, back to King James. The word of God is profitable for doctrine four things it does number one is profitable for doctrine say doctrine. doctrine doctrine there means teachings i believe some other translations will use teaching um it's useful for teaching now when you hear teaching or doctrine is not the act of teaching is talking to, about but it's making reference to the content of teaching so teaching there is the content, the content, what is being taught, the content. The Bible is profitable. Now, because it's God breathed, because it's God breathed, is inerrant, is inerrant. Two implications, I almost, number one is inerrant and number two is authoritative. When they tell you. The Bible was written by some people years ago. It doesn't have burial on my life. You are lying. It has life. It's living. The Bible is the authority on any subject it, it handles. Any subject. You are lost in life if you don't have the word of God. Because your word is a light unto, a lamp unto my, Psalm 119 verse 105. That word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. So, the word of God is 
authoritative. In other words, when we talk about is inspired by God, it means one, it's inerrant. Number two, we are talking about the authority of scripture. Every church that will remain relevant to what God is doing is the church that has submitted itself, its teachings, its behavior, its philosophy, its operations, everything submitted to the word of God. The word of God is the final authority, not a government. You have moved away from Christianity when other things become final authority. The word of God is when it tells you when to pray, when not to pray. The word of God is what tells you what to preach and what not to preach. It is not a system. It is not a government. It is not social opinion. It is the word of God because it is an authority. The word of God defines life for us. So when we say the word of God is, has the authority, it's, it, we are talking about the dynamic sufficiency of scripture. The scripture is enough. The scripture is enough. So the Bible has the unadulterated, unquestionable truth. Truth about everything about life. The core things about life. You find every truth concerning it in the Bible. Why? Because it's God. You want to know questions, major questions in life like, who is God? How can I know God? Who am I? Where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? Where did the world come from? Why, why is there so much chaos in the world? How can the chaos in the world be solved? What is wrong with our world? What is the solution? Why am I alive? How may I have peace and happiness? What is marriage? What is family? What is death? What lies on the other side of death? How may I go to heaven? What is the final judgment? These are major questions that are only, can only be addressed by the Bible. No other book, not a textbook. No other book. You can, maths won't give you that. Scientific books can't give you that answer. What lies after death? Science, scientific book cannot define what, what really is marriage. What is life? This is only God. And he has addressed it. Every major question. Listen, and if you, the if even not philosophical answers on these questions. And if you are wise, you know people have committed suicide that they, why, why am I even here? What's the point? You have not been reading the Bible, that's why. The Bible tells you why you are here. The Bible tells you why I'm here. The Bible tells me why I'm preaching and why I should preach. It's all covered here. The actual major and most important heavyweight questions of life, the Bible has answered all of them. The answers are in the mouth of God. The Bible is authoritative. Why? Because it's God breathed. Came out from the mouth of God. And we have to live based on the Bible. The Bible is infallible. Infallible. It's inspired. It's inerrant. So when you look at the Bible, it's one of the things the Bible helps us to do. It helps to define where you are. Adam, where are you? The Bible shows you who you are. So that's why when you come to church, after the preaching, you realize, I think I have to break up with this guy. You realize, I think I have to forgive this person. You realize, I think I have to be generous in my giving. You realize, I think I have to pray a little bit more. You realize, I don't have to go overnight again. I have to come back, go back home after the service. Why? Because it says that by your law, I know sin. Sin comes. I get to know what sin is. It helps me to define, have the boundaries of life. In fact, it says that the word of God is living, is living, is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, 
piercing even to the dividing of the soul and the marrow, the bone and the marrow, the soul and the spirit, bone and the marrow. And it, that, that is a designer of the intent and the thoughts of the heart. The intent and the thought is the word of God is able to finally clear. No one that Satan will use, do anything to attack the word of God. Today, as I end, I want you to know the Bible is the word of God which came out from the mouth of God. One of the, one of the blessings of the Bible is help you to find out who you are. Jesus only came to save one group of people. Only one group of sinners. If you are not a sinner, he didn't come to save you. The Bible, one of the things that it cuts your heart to let you know you're a sinner. So you can be in the category of those who can be saved. Without the Bible, you really even know you're a sinner. So when they are telling you the Bible was written by man, forget it. You don't need the Bible. You are too advanced. You are too, uh, it's a, Satan's way of, of making you move away from salvation. We need the word of God. We need it to start life. We need it to live life. We need it to finish life. There's only one book a dying man would need. The word of God. And there's only one move, book you need to really live life. The word of God. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.